This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. Dealing with work stuff, family stuff, school stuff is communication is key. We check in, my husband and I have weekly now and daily check-ins because we can't take anything for granted, Andy. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids & Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we are going to do two things. First, we're going to answer a question from the Marriage, Kids, and Money community about avoiding parental burnout during the pandemic. And second, we are back with our mortgage-free segment. This month, we are featuring Derek Saul from Western Michigan. He's going to share how his divorce motivated him to pay off his mortgage early and the side jobs he used to make this mortgage freedom a reality. All right, let's jump into today's show. I received a question on my website, marriagekidsandmoney.com, from Paul. And Paul goes a little something like this. Andy, I am curious how your family is handling mental health whilst maintaining your budget slash goals during covid I know kids and parents are more stressed and the lack of true vacation time ratchets up the stressors upwards. What tips, tricks, and suggestions do you have for families during this difficult time? A ton of thanks, Paul. Paul, thank you so much for writing in on my website, marriagekidsandmoney.com. You can also contact me, everybody, on social at Andy Hill MKM or leave me a voicemail at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash voicemail. It's fun to hear your voices as well. And for this question, Paul, I've invited a friend to help me answer it. My friend El Martinez from our Thriving Families Facebook group, as well as mm-hmm. Couple Money and couplemoney.com. So El, thank you so much for being here to help me answer this. Of course, Andy. I mean, we're all in this together, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's. I think that's the whole point of our Facebook group. It's like, mm-hmm. parenting's nuts. We're all in this together, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah, let's answer Paul's question right away. And then maybe we could talk a little bit about what we're doing as families mm-hmm. to maintain the sanity and keep the joy going in our household. So what do you think for Paul here? What tips, tricks do you have uh, for him during this difficult time? There are so many different things because every family, of course, has their own sources of stress, whether it's at work, dealing with, uh, for us, we have two kids now and back in school and it's remote learning and figuring out how do you balance your work? Um, You don't want to slack off on that, but of course, you know, providing support for your kids and it can feel like a challenge. So my first tip, and I think this applies to whether it's dealing with work stuff, family stuff, school stuff, is communication is key. So we check in, my husband and I have weekly now and daily check-ins because we can't take anything for granted, Andy. We have these four different schedules under one roof and we have a shared space, even though I'm very grateful we have right now a basement, you know, studio, little office space. Little getaway. (laughs) Yeah, but you know, a lot of families don't. It's like your guest room is the office and then your kids are in the other room or in the, you know, the dining room. How do you 
help one another out, maintain that space because you need that to do your work for them to do their schoolwork. And at the same time, kind of have some quiet time to yourself to get things just recharge and reset. So something that I, I believe is key is keeping one another in the loop with a calendar. And you're yeah. going to laugh. I have the old school way of doing things. My husband, <laughs> at his desk, I have printed out the girl's schedule. So he knows what it is. We have the weekly schedule and then they have a daily schedule that each of the teachers submitted. And then for me, I use every day and every week, I actually have index cards and I break it down. I break it down. I have my week usually taped here so I can know what are the main things. And then every day I have to know because it's just too much to juggle Mm -hmm. and it allows me to keep my husband in the loop. So for example, we're recording this in the morning Yes. and I told my family ahead of time, I said, Hey, I'm going to be downstairs recording. So if you have any questions, guess whose turn it is? It's dad's turn. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. But you're able to do that because you guys communicated about it. And I I completely agree with you too. I mean, if you don't have that check-in time where you're communicating back and forth, I mean, that's the only way we're going to get through this this season for sure. And Nicole Nicole and I do a similar thing. um, And it seems to happen around... Sunday. Like we we have a lot of fun on yeah. Friday and Saturday and goof around and have a good good time. And then Sunday it's sort of like, all right, here comes the week. Like what are we gonna do to get through this? So whether it's writing it down on our calendar or we've got a big whiteboard outside of these doors right there with the kids' yeah. schedule on it. And to your point, I mean, uh, you, you said, you know, I might laugh with, with, with it written down on the cards. I think it's yes. important to have it in front of your face because, yes, we could be digital with all the stuff on phones and everything like that, but it needs to be in front of our face at some times to be like, all right, here's what's going on today. So, yeah, having that check-in time is a great place to start. Yeah. And it's a challenge because a lot of parents both are working. I know in ours, there's a little more flexibility being self-employed, but at the same time, for example, we're recording. So I can't in the middle of an interview, go upstairs, take care of something if something happens. So again, that communication. And then the second thing is you have to divvy up the space. So we have for the girls, a room, the guest room has now become the school room. And we have it set up. And then also we even have when they have classes live together, because there's sometimes an overlap, one will go to the other room with her tablet and her little folding uh, card table. That way we can have our separate spaces because that's going to be key. We have to focus, whether it's for work or for school. And I think carving out those spaces and then communicating about the schedule has relieved not all the tension and stress. It's just what we're going to be dealing with this season of life, but it's alleviated a lot of it. Yeah. One question I had for you is on the marriage side of things. Obviously there's been a lot of stress for families. And I think Paul's alluding to that in this question here. How have you found time to, you know, focus on your marriage during all of this craziness or or have you, or is this just one of those seasons where you're like, we're going to come back to this. <laughs> what have you guys been doing? I will say this has been the season where our definition of date has shifted. <laughs> so what we have done is we've had to set some boundaries. And if you have young kids, you know that is hard to do. Our kids are like these master negotiators with bedtime. <laughs> bedtime is at a certain time, like 830. They're supposed to wind down. And we have a 
this rule that as long as you're in the room and you're relatively quiet, we're going to just say you went to bed. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But it's those evening times, honestly, that that's where we're sitting down, we're catching up and it's adult only. And it is hard. We've had our girls get up and like, oh, I miss you. We're like, I love you. You know, I, I will be there later, but you need to go back into your room because we're in the middle of a conversation. And I have to admit, it was really awkward and hard to do that, but we needed that space to kind of have conversations. And I'll be honest, there was a conversation that we had to have when we were deciding, are we going to do the remote learning um, full time? And everybody ended up in the district doing that here in Raleigh, or are we going to do the hybrid approach? And for me, I had to tell them, you know, I feel like the burden would be a lot on me. You know, I know working the nine to five, you have less flexibility with your schedule, you have meetings. So if we do this, we have to figure some way where you can help out and support. So we needed to have that conversation in private, Yeah, you know, because there's going to be a lot of honesty. Or there should be a transparency, honesty. How do you feel about this? How is this going to work out? And so our dates you know, weren't always about like what's not working, but we needed to carve out that time when there are no kids to talk about how we're feeling about that week or even just how that day went. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's stealing those moments of time throughout mm-hmm. the day when everybody's in the house because they're aren't seeming to be any breaks. It's creating those boundaries saying, all right, kids, bedtime is at this time and the door Mm -hmm. is closed. That means mom and dad are in a conversation or or whatever the heck we're doing. It's it's none of your business. Get out here. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you do. You do need to have that space. And sometimes it's during the day where we're dealing with a a conversation. We've had family, of course, you know, we're all dealing with uh, COVID and then also the financial fallout. So, you know, we've had, friends that are dealing with the issues and we need to have private conversations. So, you know, I'm, I'm just going to admit it. There are times when we're like, kids, you, would you like to watch an extra episode Absolutely, or, you know, yes. go in, go in the living room, take care of that. So we can Uncle have Netflix conversations. has been very helpful for us. <laughs> exactly. You know what? The <laughs> subscription, I was cutting them like left and right before pandemic. And now I'm like, mm, maybe I shouldn't have cut that. <laughs> oh man! But yeah. carving out that time, it's, it's communication and it's having time separately as a couple where you're just catching up with one another. And yeah, sometimes there's a beer in the hand. Sometimes, you know, I have my husband make a cocktail. I'm like, I need an old fashioned. I'm Absolutely. Old. No, you know, I hear you. Just to have those moments. Yeah, well, you got to cut the edge a little bit. It helps for sure yeah. because uh, these days are long. And I know you're all about vacation. So Paul mentions vacation time in here and things like that. I know that's sort of a word of fiction lately. What are you doing to think about that plan for that in the future? And does that provide you some sort of glimmer of hope? <laughs> This is one of those things you have to play it by ear, what's going on in your state, what's going in your area. And I am definitely the the one that loves to travel. And it has been a huge source of stress. So we've mastered so far this year the staycation. And the staycation is what parks do we have around that are open? Because while playgrounds just recently opened up, we're not going that route. Hiking, biking doing the trails. Those have been important for us. Uh, Also, just setting aside time for supporting local businesses outdoors, even if it's takeout, having a picnic in the backyard, you know, creating a feeling of a vacation. And then 
the numbers seem like they're steadying, but you know, that always changes. But um, the girls go on fall break in October and we're thinking of doing either a day trip to a national park uh, by the beach, or we might do an overnight trip again, taking all the precautions. It is what it is in terms of we're, we're making do with what we have. Sure. But I do think it's important to change the scenery and change your routine just to kind of mentally reset yourself. Yeah. And it's a good point. I think getting inventive too. I mean, in my mind, sometimes I like put vacations as it needs to be a week long thing where we're flying on a plane to blah, blah, blah. And we're staying there. It's like, no, no, no. Rethink it. Like, what can you do to take a day trip or, you know, go, uh, go to the beach for the day or whatever, find somewhere that you can get away, depending on where Paul is in the country. You know, um, there's lots of, of little day trips that could feel like a really relaxing day. And a getaway from your home. I mean, even for, I was talking to um, Lee Huffman on the show the other day about uh, uh, travel rewards and credit card points and things like that. And he said, you know, maybe sometimes you might just want to use those hotel points for for a night away for yourself. Like to go, Mm -hmm. wouldn't it be nice to go sleep in a a hotel night by yourself for one night and say, hey, I use my points to do that. That might be good for your own mental health. You bring up a good point too. Revisit your budget. Mm -hmm. We don't, Think of it as self-care, but if you need to take that time off now, we're very fortunate, but it was crazy this summer. My mom sold her house and moved to Raleigh. So buying and selling a house during pandemic, crazy. But now we have this option where if we need to, and we feel like we have to kind of get away from it, even as you mentioned, staying at a hotel in your own town or whatever it is, uh, do that. And and revisit. And I think that should be put on the budget. What do we need to do to stay healthy mentally, uh, to stay happy and sane during these, you know, unprecedented times? Yeah, because that can wear on the kids too. They, If you're stressed yeah. and you're not putting your oxygen man- mask on first, mm-hmm. the kids are going to see that. They're going to feel it. And then over time, that's not going to be good for them, especially if they're going to be doing the online learning and schooling and staring oh, yeah. at a screen at all compounds. So, Elle, I think this has been a good conversation and hopefully, Paul, this has been helpful for you just to hear two parents that are, you know, yes. dealing with a lot of the same thing with our our marriage kids and our and our financial situations. Mm-hmm. Elle, where, where can people go if they want to learn more about you? And uh, obviously, the Thriving Family Facebook group is a great place to go. But uh, where can they learn more about you and what you have going on with Couple Money? Well, I try to keep it simple because I know we have so much on our minds. So you can visit couplemoney.com or on social media. I'm at couplemoney, one word. Excellent. And everybody, if you are listening to this podcast, another way to do it is just to type in couple money in your podcast mm-hmm. app and then check out her great show too. So thanks Thank so much, you. Al. I appreciate it. Anytime. Take care. We'll be back to the show after a word from our sponsor. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work-optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? (laughs) If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. 
If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot, and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes, and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. And use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. Marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. How would you like to own your home outright? What would it feel like to never make a mortgage payment ever again? On our mortgage-free segment today, we're going to interview Derek Saul from Western Michigan. Derek is the founder and writer behind lifeandmyfinances.com. That's a site dedicated to helping people get out of debt, save money, and be rich. We're going to learn how Derek paid off his debt and his mortgage after going through a tough divorce and how side jobs were a big key to his success. Welcome to the show, Derek. Yeah, thanks, Andy. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, Derek, we like to start off this segment with a mortgage-free three. So this is you answering these questions really fast just to get everybody an understanding of how you paid the mortgage off and the details. So let's start off with the first one. What was your starting mortgage principal balance? Uh, at that point it was 54,000 bucks, 54,000 bucks. Okay, cool. So how long did it take for you to pay that off? 11 months and 11 days. Wow. All right. Under a year. That's very cool. Okay. And then now what is your home value today? Uh, just sold it about a year ago, but, um, sold for about 170 grand, 170 grand. Okay. Very cool. All right. Now we got a little bit of the details. Let's take us back to, I think it was 2010. I was reading on your blog when you were first married, how did you find yourself in debt at the time? I know you had some debt as well as the mortgage, but how did you find yourself in debt at that time? Yeah. Early on was just like everybody it's student loans. Um, we didn't have a ton actually. I had about 12 grand that I actually owed to my mom and dad. They're nice enough to to hand me the cash and get me through school without reaching out to federal loans or anything like that. My wife had six grand. So together we had about 18. So not, not crazy, terrible, but still something. And, you know, without making much, I started working. She didn't have a job. Uh, it, was, it was tough to make ends meet. And then we got those bills coming in the mail and it honestly freaked us out. Yeah. Did, did the debt itself have difficulty on your relationship at the time or was it other things? It, it did. I think initially, you know, just like anybody, they get married and they've got all the 
you know, the, the love bubbles and rainbows. And, and then it was about two or three months in, I think my wife realized that, uh, she couldn't just lay on the beach all day and, and not work for us to get by, which I didn't, I was just like, if that's your life you want, that's great. But I couldn't exactly provide for it at the time, honestly. So she had to find a job. Uh, we did a, I think we did a couple little side hustles then too, but that helped a ton. And then we, we started making traction, but yeah, that initial direct loans bill in the mail for just, I think it was like 75 bucks mm-hmm. for, for her loans. But I think two days before I found out that we were actually going backwards financially. So then to get hit another bill that I knew we were going to get hit with every single month was like tragedy. Right. So mm-hmm. how do we get through this? What do we have to do? It was, it was a scramble at first, but we, we worked through it. It, it worked out. Okay. So at that time, you guys worked to pay off the debt together then? We did, yeah. And that worked out all right. I was always one to to hard charge it, get out of debt. She was kind of along for the ride. And as we'll probably get to, it didn't exactly work out. It, it was it worked well at, at the time to chunk through that debt. I think we did it in, in 14 months, got rid of that 18 grand. So, that, yeah. That's incredible. What what kind of, uh, you said some side jobs during that time. What were some of the side jobs that you were looking at to, uh, to increase your income? Yeah. Initially I started, started my blog in 2010. So that was the main one, just getting, um, some writing for my site, making some money through that, which wasn't a lot at the time, but a couple hundred bucks here and there was, was a lot to us. And then just writing on top of that for other sites too. So not, not a lot of money, but oh yeah. And we did some, some dog sitting too. I almost forgot about that (laughs) dog walking, dog sitting, which actually pays pretty well. And you you don't have to do that much as long as, you know, you don't lose the dog or something. I like that. You uh, get exercise along the way too, right? That's true. (laughs) Very cool. So at that point, I mean, did you guys start to fall on some hard times in your relationship and then that, that led to the divorce? Yeah. I mean, it was other stuff. It wasn't all finance. It was, um, different, different things that came into fruition that were always kind of an underlying issue that came up. And I think part of it was my, my attitude toward the mortgage, getting that paid off. I think she kind of wanted to ease up and just let the mortgage go for 30 years and let's, let's live our lives and have some, some fun and go on a vacation every single month or something like that. So it was a lot of things, but yeah, it was, it was definitely trying times at that point. Yeah. And it it sounds like, so you, you got to that point, you guys got divorced and then you, it was just you on your own at that point, but, but you had an idea of paying off your mortgage still. Yeah. Well, it really sucked actually, because, you know, we, we worked all that time to get out of debt. She decided she was done. Uh, she, she wanted to leave, which was devastating, honestly, at the time. Um, I remember kind of slinking against the wall and, you know, falling to the floor, like, you know, maybe, maybe anybody does at that point. But at that point, she obviously wanted half of our, our equity, mainly in her house. So that put me back into debt. So I had this great get out of the debt story. And then all of a sudden, you know, we, we were paying down our house a little bit and we had equity just in the rising value. And I think it was worth like 42 grand. So I ordered, you know, 21,000 bucks after the divorce settlement. So again, back in debt. So kind of, kind of restarted that story almost back where I was, but now on my own. Yeah. Yeah. So at that point, did you use some of your old tricks of uh, side jobs and then and, and hustle you know to make it work? So, so yeah, talk yeah. to us about that. What what side jobs did you do and how did you make it work? Yeah. Did did the old blog still. So kept that going. I wrote some extra articles. I actually wrote articles for other sites for 10 bucks a piece, which is a steal for anybody just to get a ton of orders. I think I, I wrote like 200 articles or something like that. So made just two grand. Yeah. I mean, they were... They weren't great detail, but for 10 bucks, it was a good value for whoever was getting them. I flipped cars. That's one that's, that's unique for a lot of folks. And 
my dad is a car dealer. So I just, I have this nose for sniffing out a deal, knowing how much things are worth. I, I can fix up things a little bit. I, I do take stuff to the mechanic a lot, but, um, but I know how much, you know, stuff costs, at least if, if I hear it and know what's wrong with the car. So I, I think I flipped like three or four cars, each one for between 800 and a grand. So that was another good one. Another humbling experience was mowing lawns for my nephew uh, for 15 bucks a piece. So I did anything. I mean, I, I didn't care. I wanted the, the relationship kind of finalized and done. Like it was, it was painful. I wanted it out. So let's, let's get rid of this debt. And she wanted the 21 grand in six months. So that was also another like, okay, I guess I've got a goal. Like I'm going to, that's, that's what I've got to do. And that's what I'm going to do. So made it just just in time i think with a few days to spare but paid off that 21 grand in that six month time frame wow so talk to us about that that detail so with the divorce settlement it was hey we've got equity in the house and you know without selling the house i i need that equity is that is that how it worked yeah yep so i stayed in the house she therefore got half of half of the house which became just the cash since i i stuck with it Got it. Got it. Okay. That yep. makes sense. Yeah. Because uh, either one of you probably didn't want to sell the house or you didn't want to sell the house and just part right. ways with that much money that, at that point, that makes sense. So, so you, so you got to that point, you, you, you made, you made it just under the nose for the, for the 21,000. And then at that point you said, yeah. how about the mortgage too? Yeah, exactly. It, it kind of came cause I, I had, you know, so much pain of the separation. I, I wanted clean cut. I started to think about that mortgage and she was off of the deed but not off of the actual mortgage. Mm. So I started visualizing like a year down the road, she walk up to my door and be like, Hey, I tried to apply for a, a mortgage with this guy and they won't let me because I'm on the, like, I didn't want, I don't want to have that conversation. I just, I wanted to be free of the mortgage to be free of the relationship essentially. And since I already paid off 21 grand in six months, I was thinking, you know, I could, I could maybe take care of the mortgage in a year. Like it's 54 grand. I'll give it a shot. So that's what I did. Hard charged it still. Oh, that's incredible. So done. were yeah. you, you were working a full-time job as well as these side jobs? Talk to us about what you did for a living during yeah. that time. Yeah. I was a financial analyst making roughly 60 grand a year. So not a ton considering I'm paying off 54 grand in a year and 60 grand is like salary, take taxes off of that. So, so yeah, I did a lot with writing, with flipping cars, with mowing lawns. There's probably a couple other things I did in there that I can't even remember right now, but I'd say maybe I earned 80 grand in that year and I just lived on nothing. And I sold a bunch of stuff. I remember once it was finally done, I had, I think I had a mattress on the floor of my bedroom. That's basically what I slept on. I, I sold everything else. Didn't have a couch, sat on, you know, a chair that I had. I think I had a dining room set. So if I wanted to sit down, I sat down at the dining room table. I just, I wanted it out. I wanted it done. And if, if you want something bad enough, you're going to get it. Wow. Wow. And then, and how long did it take you to pay off that, that 54,000 again? Yeah, less, less than a year. So it was, I year. started January one and, and finished up December 11. That is incredible. So a, a big part of it was controlling your expenses too. You said, obviously you yeah. can earn to a limit because you got, you got the only 24 hours in a day. So how did you control your expenses? How did you spend less or, or did you just yeah. live on less? It's, it's crazy once you put all your bills in front of you. So I set up an Excel sheet basically with, you know, here's how much I spend in food per month. Here's how much I spend in phone insurance. You know, I thought I was pretty frugal, but once you put it all down and you look and I was like, I pay $86 a month on my phone. Like 
how is that? I'm not even paying like a payment on it. That's just for the service. Like I can probably get that down and you just go tick mark by tick mark. Right. And you, you, you try to get 80 down to 60 or 40. And then I, I remember writing an article and so it was all done because mortgage was done. So I didn't have that payment anymore. And I was living on $460 a month. That's really all it took. I mean, you've got the off months where I owe property tax or something big, but on a consistent basis, it was just, it was like 150 bucks for food, you know, 50 bucks for phone, a little bit for insurance. And, and there's something else like it, it was, it was nothing. So it's, it's possible to cut way down on expenses, especially if you're on your own. Yeah. You're on your own and you've got a, a major goal that you're working after. You can just kind of focus. Yeah, exactly. So it sounds like you really did that. That's cool. So after the year, uh, what did it mean to you to have no mortgage on your house anymore? What did that mean was, to you? It was awesome. And I, at that point I had a, a new girlfriend at the time, now my, my wife, and I've got two kiddos that are playing in the front yard right now, but it, it meant a ton. I remember taking a picture and I've still got that picture on my, on my post. And it's just me with like, you know, my arms spread out in the backyard. Like I'm done. Like it's, I finished and, and this yard is mine and, and it's a new beginning. It was just a, it was an awesome feeling. That's incredible. Yeah. There's something to just have a no payment on your house. It just gives you that freedom. And especially in your situation, it sounds like there was a lot of emotions tied up in uh, the mortgage yeah. as well. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about, uh, you know, post mortgage freedom. Uh, what did you do with that extra money? Did you let yourself relax a little bit on the side jobs? <laughs> what, what, what happened then? I'm not very good at relaxing. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting better, but I'm not very good at it. So my, my wife's great. My now wife. Um, and she knew that, that we should invest for the future. I mean, we had no kids at the time, so we've got a bunch of money. She was working. I was working. We probably had an extra, I don't know, like five grand a month or something to put at anything. So we, we saved up cash. We bought a rental house and living in West Michigan stuff's cheap. I mean, it's, it's gone up, but it's still cheap. You can probably still find a house for 110 or 120 grand. And that's just unheard of in mm-hmm. other areas of the country. Right. So at the time we bought a house cash with, with 81 grand, put nine grand into it. So fixed it up ready to rent at 90 grand and, and we could charge, I think at the time we charged 1200 bucks a month for rent. So, I mean, low cost of buying the house, pretty high, high rent value. So it's been great. We did that. We use that money plus our extra money to buy another one. So we bought another house for 75 grand and we actually, we fixed that up, sold it for one, one thirty one. 131 grand, I think put money into it. Obviously I think we had 95 into it, sold it for 131, but then ended up selling my house that I had with my ex and selling that the house that we just fixed up and we bought the house right now. So now we're in a, about a 2000 square foot with unfinished basement. So it could be more square footage on six acres. It's a, it's just a fantastic place. So That's incredible. we're, we're happy. Yeah. Very cool. and we're, we're starting to, lean back and, and not get so crazy. I think that that second house, the our flip house really put it into perspective for us. Like, okay, that was a lot of work. Like we really have to sit back. We've got two young kids. We got to chill a little bit. So I think for the next couple of years, I'm still trying to relax, but or no more flip houses. That's for sure. I'm still, still blogging, still doing that, but no more flip houses. Do you think a lot uh, about, uh, maybe during this time frame when you were paying off your debt and hustling, that was uh, around the great recession and Michigan got hit a little harder. Do you think that had to play into your, you know, your ability to hustle and work a little harder as well? Just knowing that the, the recession was around at that time. Yeah, true. And, and in my mind, it was actually more of an opportunity. I, so that was about 2011, I'd say when, and, and 12, 13, I'd say when, when I was paying off the initial debt and then the house, but 
even before that, I didn't really have much money. I mean, we had a, a mortgage payment at that point. We we had kind of higher costs. I wish that I had more money at that point to like put into the market and invest, and I, I didn't. So I think that was part of my my mental game too was, okay, let's get all this stuff done and get into a better place so that we actually have money to invest the next time this comes around. And lo and behold, we're, we're basically now in that place, right? But the pandemic market took a bit of a dip and and we invested a bunch and have seen great rewards on that. So yeah, definitely that, that played into getting into a better financial spot and, and we've capitalized on it, which is awesome. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's being able to be prepared for those times when there are good investment opportunities and doing yeah. the work, doing the hard work, whether it's, you know, even uh, doing uh, lawn mowing with your nephew in order to get there, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I got to remind him of that. See what he thinks of that. that was, I love it. It was a unique time for sure. Hey, we got to do what you got to do to, to hit yeah, your goals. Exactly. That's very cool. I think a lot of people listening right now uh, admire that and can think about their situation about how hustling yeah. could maybe get them to where they want, where they want to go. Let, Let's yeah. talk to the person who's listening right now that's maybe in debt and eventually wants to become mortgage free in the future, but money's tight right now. You know, there's, um, yeah. you know, we're in a, we're in a difficult spot. What side jobs do you think that they could consider now that we're in 2020, uh, to maybe pay off their mortgage early? Yeah. I mean, there's so many I've got, I, I wrote a book that's on my site. I think you get it. If you subscribe, actually it's, it's 101 ways to make more money. So that there's, there's hundreds and, it, and that's just me sitting down for a couple hours and thinking of, of what you can do. But I mean, I, I immediately think of online. I mean, everything's online. You can be a virtual assistant, you can blog, you can, you can write for others. And, and even if that's not exactly your gig, I think now that I've been in that game for so long, I realize how many different avenues you can go once you just get started. So you might not even know what you're great at yet, but if you, maybe you start writing a couple posts and somebody likes what you've got, or maybe they see something that you're, you're more good at, like maybe it's social media that you can manage somebody's social media account or something like that. I don't know, but just getting started in that can just lead you down so many different avenues. So that's one, one main one. I mean, I guess that's more like five, but anything online and maybe you're handy. I mean, maybe it doesn't have to be online. Maybe you like fixing up cars or woodworking or uh, maybe you sew like it can really be anything. Just think about what you're good at. Number one, kind of what you like to do. And typically that's, that's what you're going to enjoy doing and make the most money at. And then just try to find who needs the service. If there's something there, then you can marry those two up and, and suddenly you've got something. So hopefully that's helpful. I mean, that's, that's off the cuff. Absolutely. But, but there's just there's just so many. It's hard to just say, like, you know, here's 20, 20 things that are great right now. Yeah, I think you made a really good point, like thinking about what you enjoy doing or what you have a skill at doing that it won't maybe feel yeah. so much like a job and you'll you'll enjoy it along the way and yeah. and pay off your debt to, to get there. So very cool. Very cool. Derek, thank you so much for your time today. Where can people connect with you yeah. more and uh, and learn about uh, more about your story? It's lifeinmyfinances.com. And at the top, there's there's maybe four or five options, but one of those is about. So you can check check my story there. Uh, if you need to contact me toward the bottom of the page, there's a, a contact um, button there that you can you can click and just send an email that way. If you, if you hop onto my site in the upper right, there's all the, the handles there with, with Twitter, Pinterest, and Facebook. So follow me there. I'd love to have everybody. I'd, I'd love to help. If you shoot me an email, I answer them all. So shout out and, and I'll definitely answer back. Perfect. Thank you so much, Derek. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, I loved it. Thanks, Andy. Mm. 
what a story of perseverance and determination to meet this big goal. And now look where Derek is today. I guess what I'll take from both of these conversations, the one with Elle and the one with Derek, is that no matter how dark the moment may feel right now, know that there's always brighter days ahead. As a quick reminder, everybody, this show is for entertainment purposes only. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific financial situation. Before we go for the day, I'd like to ask you to do one quick thing to support this show. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash marriage, kids, and money. You can go see all these interviews, and I've got some money tips that I throw on that channel as well. I have a goal of hitting 1,000 subscribers before the end of the year, and I am nearly there. I think I'm at like 840 or something like that. So go to youtube.com slash marriage, kids, and money, and hit the red subscribe button that would be awesome. Again, that's youtube.com slash marriage, kids, and money. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Michael Jordan. Obstacles don't have to stop you. If you run into a wall, don't turn around and give up. Figure out a way to climb it, go through it, or work around it. You can do this, my friends. Carpe diem. Carpe diem. 